end. It's very fun. Are you drinking alcohol? Should I be drinking alcohol? I have one beer. It's not a very good one either. Is film like milk? Yes. Because it's got culture in it. And it's... Mm, damn it. Leche. <laughs> Whole milk. Skim milk. Medium milk. I have nipples, Greg. Could you milk Could me? Could you milk me? Hi, and welcome back to Age Like Milk, the podcast where we decide if a movie has gone bad in the mind fridge of your mind over time. I am one of your hosts, Paris Herbert Taylor, and with me inventing the sport of basketball is my good friend, David William Rogers. Hello to you. What's happening? How you doing, Paris? You um, look lovely. Oh, thank you. It's been a day. It's been a day. It's the summer, so like basically, you know, you're sweating when you just wake up and then you're sweating through the day and then you go to bed and you sweat and it's great because uh, a little sweat never hurt nobody you know mm. and it takes blood sweat and tears to make a podcast and it takes blood sweat and tears to invent a sport and on that note david what is the film we are doing today the film we are doing is basketball 1998 directed by david zucker writing credits go to david zucker robert Lokesh, lewis friedman jeff wright and doing my research trey parker and matt stone did a little rewriting of their own Mm. um the stars trey parker matt stone creators of south park it's got uh yasmin bleeth jenny mccarthy robert bond bob costas l michaels reggie jackson dan patrick a lot of people from the sports world Mm -hmm. um the team and we'll talk about this in the synopsis but their team is from my hometown, Milwaukee, the which is another beers. Is that exactly? Their name? Mm-hmm. Uh, which is a great, great team name. It's so, a very, yeah. it's a very appropriate name for your exactly your, where you grew up. Well, mm-hmm. that's a good crew. I mean, it's just definitely watching this movie. It's like seeing faces that you're like, I know that guy, or. If you're me and you watch a lot of South Park, you realize that, you know, Trey and Matt do pretty much every character in South Park because you can hear them doing like little bits, you know, as <laughs> throughout the movie. this. Yeah. 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 They're Cartman, Mr. Garrison. Yeah. And then um, the director and one of the writers of this, uh, David Zucker, did Airplane, uh, Scary Movies, one of the one or a couple of the Naked Gun movies. Mm-hmm. So um, he's got that. Uh, that sense of humor that Hell you can definitely tell yes. from this movie. Most definitely. It's mm-hmm. definitely feels very of the time, 1998. Um, we're going to get into it in just a minute. But before we do that, David, I believe it is your turn to do the synopsis. So All right. take us away. <clears throat> let's, let's see here. All right. So you got two guys. All right. Joe Cooper, played by Trey Parker and Doug Reamer. Matt Stones, Coop and Reamer. And... You start off with them talking about sports. They're at a Yankees game. They catch a home run ball, and it's like sports have changed. Money got involved. Teams are flying around, switching uh, states, all that stuff, all in the name of the almighty dollar. And they just want to be athletes themselves. So they go to this party where all these people they went to high school with, um, Reamer's trying to bang <laughs> one of the ladies who uh, is having the party and they're just like man we're kind of losers right now everybody's on doing their own thing graduated co- uh, college cocklage and um that sounds like we, a joke we're, straight from exactly this exactly yeah. um he actually does cooper calls everybody a cock that kind of yeah. disrespects them at mm-hmm. the party um so they go get challenged by these two kind of douchebags to play two on two on the spot they're like fuck 
Um, these guys challenge us for money. We don't have that kind of money. They invent a game on the spot. Basketball. They can shoot really well, but they're not athletic. Okay? So they invent this game where you, like, shoot free throws, three points, home run, and it's baseball rules, but shooting baskets. Mm-hmm. And you can also – there's a psych-out aspect to it where you can say something fucked up. <laughs> like, you you know, you fuck Britney's mom or something like that, which is the lady who hosted the party, and try to make that person miss, and you get psych-out credits. So – they invent this game. They start playing it in their yard. It gets a little steam from the neighborhood. All of a sudden, there's camera crews from their local neighborhood. Um, and this investor shows up. It's like, hey, I love this game. We can do this right, not how sports are today. Let's keep the money out of it. I want to. I want you guys to be athletes and you know be stars of your team. So they, they take that deal. They get the investment, and they start this league. Um, there's a ton of ups and downs. There's some woman that uh, Coop falls in love with, and she's just a sweetheart taking care of kids that are on their last leg, basically, make a wish. And it's just a lot of gag jokes um, throughout this movie, and they ended up winning the championship. And, you know, there's there's some fights and some makeups, <laughs> makeout scenes between friends. And, yeah, it's just a... Just a pretty funny movie overall. Very 90s. I mean, I mm-hmm. feel like I was texting you when we when I was watching it um, because famously Matt and Trey um, were invited to the Oscars and took acid and wore dresses. And I texted you and I said, look, if we ever get invited to the Oscars, this, this is the kind of friendship I want where we just oh, don't take sure. it too seriously and show up kind of fucked up. Um, mm-hmm. Sounds like and fun. They- when I was looking into this, they did this movie because they thought South Park was going to get canceled. Oh, really? So they were shooting this and doing production on South Park wow. on the same day. So they they didn't get much sleep um, while they were shooting this. They were grinding they were it out. Duty. And now they, uh, yeah. they live in their mansions and can probably reminisce about the days when they had to do that shit. But now they just <laughs> exactly. get to live. But we're not alone on this podcast. No. We have a guest joining us. Our friend... Joe Bruckner, a fellow Aussie. Hello, Joe. Hello. Thank you very much for having me. Thanks for jumping in. You are the one who recommended this film. So I take it you had seen this movie before. Yes, I am uh, simultaneously uh, sorry and uh, <laughs> and you are welcome. Um, it yeah. was, yeah, I mean, it's, it's funny. I uh, when, when I thought about what movie I would pick for something like this, I, I thought it'd be good chance to revisit some uh i guess some some youthful favorites uh you mm-hmm. know when i was i remember when i was growing up you know again in australia um i had a group of friends and you know if we'd hang out for a sleepover or whatever and, and you know we'd play a lot of you know tekken and and uh and other ps2 games or whatever it was maybe even playstation one at the time um and uh, and we would watch one of three movies it was always the same three movies it was uh not another teen movie, which is another spoof movie. It was... Uh, which we talked about, and I was like, I feel like we need to cover a few more of the films before we do, like, a piss take. <laughs> yeah, it, yeah, you need the to references cover... Yeah, you need to do, like, like teen months yeah. and just cover yeah. all the movies that is making fun of. Oh, God, of. that sounds like something else that somebody else would be interested in, but I see what you're saying. Te- I'm, I'm making a yeah. pedophile joke Oh, now. sure, just like making a, a Bill yeah. Cosby like a, joke. Like a YA month. Yes, um, there we go. And then, you know, watch all the sort of the teen rom-coms mm-hmm. and the American Pies and stuff. Um, mm-hmm. And then you could have, uh, I don't know, I don't know if there's anything like my other movie, one of the other movies I was going to recommend um, was uh, Kung Pao Enter the Fist, 
again, super strange, <laughs> a bizarre movie. And there was those two and then Basketball. And it got to the point where Basketball was one of those movies where we could all just perform the movie at each other. Like it wow. was, we were just, we were so into it as like something, there's sort of a ritualistic element to it where we could just watch Basketball. And it was so funny seeing this again after probably 15 years since I would have last yeah. seen it. And, you know, there's there's moments where I was like, I was preempting the joke every time. Like I knew exactly what was happening. I was like, oh, this bit's coming up. This is going to be great. He's going to do this. Mm-hmm. This whole thing. It was such a such a like really weird thing to find this like recess in my brain where like <laughs> the, the, the dark mm-hmm. recesses of my brain where there Stayed. was... You know, the lyrics to that song when he's driving in the car and all that kind of stuff. So, you know, I was able to sort of sing along for bits and and get hyped about moments sort of preemptively. But part of the reason I wanted to do it is because I was not sure if it would hold up. And and I know we'll get to that. And that's the, the topic of today. Mm-hmm. But I yes. was genuinely like, how... That's a good group of movies that you and your friends have. So you guys were just just probably a bunch of clowns yeah that you guys those are some this is one of my favorite movies that me and my buddies watched as well like this half-baked so similar just funny movies just stuff to geek out at and then stuff you could just keep re-saying over and over again yeah yeah quote. i mean i think Meanwhile, a big part of it was the like uh the, the jokes per minute on those three movies is wild like there's not a yeah, lot of like yeah, story or non-stop. every moment is is packed with a, a, a side punch, gag set a or punch, a set up punch yeah yeah well i, I was gonna I say i love these oh sorry Paris. well no that's okay i was gonna say meanwhile i had never seen this film so it's funny to me that you guys come from very different places in the world you know joe you're from australia david you're from milwaukee as we established and mm-hmm. you both had groups of friends that loved this and somehow i missed it i have never even <laughs> i was i was literally calling it basic to ball to scott and he's like basic you, he's like are you, are you saying stroking basketball out? yeah he's stroking out yeah sorry i got you off what were you gonna say david oh um yeah i was gonna say like with this group of friends too in this movie like squeak scolari that to me is like one of the funniest characters and it works so well. And I read initially he wasn't written into this movie. Mm -hmm. And I think it's a huge part for Joe Cooper and Doug Reamer to play off of with squeak a little bitch. Cause we used to call our younger brothers friends uh, that. (laughs) Yeah. No, I mean, squeak (laughs) and and then my buddy's little, yeah, my buddy's uh, little brother we used to call him Squeak and Little Bitch, and never he would use his first name after seeing this movie. Yeah, You're like I don't even remember his name <laughs> yeah. actually. Well, whatever, little bitch. Yeah. yeah. So this is incredibly influential. I mean, I you know I I have seen some of the the Trey and Matt sort of filmography, and and you know this this actor I, I can't remember his name off the top of my head. He's he's in a lot of the stuff that they're in, but yeah. nothing yeah. else that I can think of and i've never seen him anywhere else but he does such a great job in this it's such a fun sort of His role for him to have dean bachar dean baker maybe dean baker know. i mean he what a little bitch name to have a name that you cannot even pronounce <laughs> d-i-a-n first name second name b-a-c-h-a-r like who just knows be dean baker what Come other on, what okay so he was in orgasmo yeah. which is um one of the movies they made that was in 97 oh he was in nightmare alley what? <laughs> what? He was in Galaxy Quest. Yeah. Galaxy Quest. I think I remember him. Oh, really? Was he one, one of the aliens? I think he's one of the Zoltar. You know the guys. That's okay. Like, oh, Zoltar. Wow. Gosh, I gotta, I gotta I rewatch that. Yeah. And keep yeah. He's got 
four things in post-production right now. <laughs> All right. Well, I'm, bet, I'm clearly just missing I bet they're having everything. a renaissance. No, no, no. He's probably yeah. one of those working actors. He was probably in Top Gun. I think yeah. I, I must have missed him. He probably him was. That. Everyone <laughs> else was. On that, volley, that volleyball scene. <laughs> that was so good. Yeah. Um, <laughs> he was the volleyball? Yeah. He was the volleyball. <laughs> he does get he thrown around man. a lot in this movie. Yeah. I mean, he is, you know, it is, it does play a lot on his, you know, what he has Science. going for him, which is that he is a very small man and he is... He's, constantly you guys make fun of me 13 or 14 more times that is one of the (laughs) like there are some quotes in this movie where when they were coming up i was just like the anticipation was building and it's like i swear if you guys rip on me 13 or 14 more times i just (laughs) i have to say if you look on his imdb he has aged very gracefully oh yeah he he has aged like milk a fine wine age like milk is is a bad thing oh that's a good headshot he's aged well yes yeah. Sorry, yeah, I'm, sure. I'm, he's aged like wine. Well, anyway, before we get too, too off topic, Joe, mm. let's talk about who you are. Yeah, Please sure. What do you want tell to Tell us about yourself. Well, I know you're an Aussie and I know you're a writer. That's and true. I know you've, since I've known you, which I think is five or six years now, you've gone through various um, career iterations. I think most recently you were working with the university, helping students find internships and jobs. So Tell us about your career path. What brought you to LA? And, and let's go from there. Yeah, sure. Um, so, yeah, I'm, I'm an Australian. I, I lived in Melbourne my whole life. And then I um, graduated uh, from high school and then graduated from undergrad. And then I decided to um, uh, give entertainment a shot. So I came out to the US and I studied out here. And then I started working on you know, various visas over the years. Paris knows what I'm talking about, this sort of the, the visa hustle. Um, and, uh, yeah, I worked in, in development, in film and TV and in blockbusters in sort of mini stuff, um, you know, like awards bait type movies. And I worked in TV, you know, premium and broadcast and kind of a bit of everywhere. Um, and yeah, along, along that whole path has been, you know, a lot of, uh, a lot of writing and developing and creative work, uh, in sort of a lot of different roles and um yeah and and i've I've always through all of it done a lot of mentorship and and all that kind of stuff because i find it very rewarding and there are a lot of australians out there who sort of want to know how it all works i remember one australian who just showed up on my couch one day and uh was talking about moving to la and what do you know she did and her name is paris um (laughs) so i was like wait is this does this play about us? Um, yes. Yeah. Uh, this play is about you. Um, it's true. I, I am Maud Apatow. Jo- and <laughs> I have cast I actually, you. I have actually seen zero minutes of that show. Don't nobody kill me. I just know the reference from memes. But it's true. I mean, the Australian thing, I think people don't talk about it as much. Maybe there's other cultures. I think I just saw a Vanity Fair thing with Tyker and uh, Reese Darby, uh, like a lie detector test. And Reese was like, yeah, I mean, like if a New Zealander showed up on my doorstep, I would probably let them crash on the couch. And Taika was like, I wouldn't fuck them. And I was like, wow, <laughs> you know, good good one, Taika. You've become too famous with Thor. But I think the Australian-New Zealand thing, apart from Taika, obviously, is like, yeah, it's so far from home to be in America. It's so hard to get a visa in the US that Australians do tend to find each other and then like really support each other which is nice yeah yes, you know it's it's also you know this sort of like labyrinth of, of visa stuff is, is so silly sometimes and and th- you know that's true generally in entertainment like you know we use mm-hmm. weird words for things you know just mm-hmm. weird terminology weird stuff that just kind of it, it's unintentional in a lot of cases but it kind of keeps people out of of what we talk about you know like words like development and and, and all that sort of stuff and business affairs and, and all these sort of specific words we have for entertainment and you're, you're just expected to kind of know by osmosis. Um, yeah. And 
you know, it's just sort of a, an, an instinct of mine where I'm, I can sort of put myself back in the, the headspace of someone who has no idea how entertainment works and hear when people are talking about entertainment stuff and sort of go, okay, in that moment that we use terminology that I, I think is important to explain and, and all that kind of stuff. So, so it was a natural fit for me to, to sort of, you know, through the pandemic, professionalize that a little bit and, and, and work with students directly, which, uh, yeah, I found really rewarding and, and I love doing that. So that's always going to be what a part we, of what I do, I think, is, is to try and lift up the next yeah. generation and, and do what I can to, uh, yeah, to help them sort of clear the hurdles that are artificially put in place. So what, what kind of students? Is this like Australian students trying to get over here as well then, you're saying? Just... Well, I, I will say that okay. the, 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 there's kind of a mix. Um, you know, for instance, today I um, emailed back and forth uh, script notes for a competition that an Australian writer that I connected with is, is submitting for. Um, I spoke with another uh, New Zealand-based writer who, who previously submitted for that same sort of competition that she's going for. Um, had a chat with them. Went for a, a, a drink uh, middle of the day with an Australian from my old university who was... Um, oh boy! You know who's in a town. middle of the day drink. You know what that means. You know Joe what that means. It's the drunk. summer solstice, baby. That's exactly. Um, so I, you know, I, I did a lot of that sort of stuff, even just today across all these things. And then, you know, I, I just wrapped up working at a university here locally in, in uh, Southern California. Yeah, that's, and th- that's um, what I, I was remembering you. Yeah, it's but... just one of these things where I was doing it for free, and then someone's like, you know, that that is a paid a job. job. <laughs> it's like, that is a good point and I can do that too. So I'll take a few monies, please. Yeah, yeah, exactly. You know, the same, the same kind of work, the same kind of passion that I have sort of, you know, that I, I'm likely to do unpaid. Um, okay, I'll take it. I'll take it paid, please. So Make I think that's monies, what a lot yeah. of entertainment is about, you know. people. Well, I was going to ask free. you, since you work with a lot of people who are like emerging or maybe don't have like that insider track because there are so many terminologies and there's so many gatekeepers, what's something that comes up again and again that you notice that people just don't know about the industry that you're constantly having to help them with? Gosh, it's a good question. There are so many things. I mean, it's, it's just tiny little trip ups and so on. I will say that something that, that I've sort of been made more aware of over the years is, is when you're the first of a generation to sort of enter entertainment, you are often dealing with this, uh, this, this pressure from people who have made it in other areas and other careers and who have knowledge that they want to impart to you. And in earnest, you know, they believe it's going to help you, but it's just not helpful. And there's sort of a lot of deprogramming that goes into teaching somebody mm-hmm. about how entertainment works. And that's as simple as like, no, no, my, my dad works in, in finance. And he said, it, it, you know, a three-page resume to make sure I get all my boy scouting in is really helpful. And I just have to be like, I know, I know that's true. <laughs> that, is, that is so true for that experience and your Finance, dad and, yeah. and so many roles that you would have. But an entertainment resume over one page is just not a thing. It, like it's just, it's, it's seen as unprofessional because it has traditionally been seen as unprofessional. Mm-hmm. You know, it's, it's one of those things that self-reinforces where if you don't know that it should be one page or less, you know, or fill out exactly one page, then you aren't in the know enough to know yeah. what you need to know for You're the role. You're already cutting it, yourself it kind out. Of, yeah, it yeah. sort of self-excludes just, you know, by this sort of perpetuation. And, you know, it's it's there are a couple of places that for entry-level jobs, they'll they'll look at it and say, hey, you know, the experience is great and so on. But it's it's usually things like that. Like it's, it, you know, there's that, that resume thing is the sort of specific example, but it's often like, you know, it's not, it's, I think generally there's a generation gap of like, why don't you go over to to Mr. 
Mr. Whitey T and, and hand him your resume. Um, yeah, he'll think it's, you've got chutzpah, like, go ahead. Exactly. So there's a lot of that, the, the idea of that, which I think is common across, you know, uh, all, just the generation gap. Um, but in entertainment, it's specifically very difficult because you'll look up online, like how to write a resume and you'll do it and you'll do it and it'll look great, but it's just not, not what they're us, looking for yeah. in entertainment. So that's, that's just a specific example, but I, it's tough because- My dad you, sorry, go ahead. told me to, I was going to say, my dad told me to call up Warner Brothers when I moved here and ask if they had any jobs going. And that was his advice and just, you know, show initiative. And I was like, uh, <laughs> I think that's not correct. Yeah. Yeah. It's, but, it's like, you know, getting- Do you have their numbers? You know, of like, I mean, oh, there's-, there's 1-800-WB. <laughs> yeah. Baby. There's, there's a, you know, a TV show shooting around the corner. So like, why don't you go and, and walk up there and ask if they, they need any help holding, you know, a big microphone or something. It's like, <laughs> mm-hmm. oh my God, like- the, the union people would love that, you know. And the, yeah, and people make a career doing <laughs> the walk up. That's a TV show idea. Um, I was uh, pitched to recently for a university. It was like a pitch thing that I got invited to come to, and I dragged a coworker with me. And yeah, it was really interesting. I've become friends now with one of the students. She's like closer in age to us, and just asking her about like what they teach them at school. It's a very prestigious university, and it's pretty crazy that there is a lot of like insider industry knowledge that they just don't even know. Cause a lot of these teachers have like been out of the business for so long. And I think it's really detrimental to the students because yeah, you come out and like the only way to learn is to do, but how do you get that first like internship or job or whatever? So I guess that's where you can help guide people, Joe, and just simple things like resumes or yeah. I'm sure anything like, hey, maybe you shouldn't have cockfucker at gmail.com as your email address. Yeah. You know? Now, unless you're applying to to work with David Zucker and Trey and Matt, in which case we've learned that that is, <laughs> that is actually selected for. They might like it. Yeah. Um, but no, I, th- I think that, you know, the, the opportunity to sort of study at a major university is fantastic, but it's, it's frankly web, you know, like websites that'll go through things and so many podcasts that will talk you through everything i mean we you know there, there are resources that i can send and I, and I have sent in the past just an email that's like here are all the podcasts you should be listening to mm-hmm. regularly but also listen to the entire back catalog you know they're like staffing 101 episode from four years ago is still very relevant you know like mm-hmm. it's it's stuff like that where yes you can get a lot out of a formal education but even the formal education people should be supplementing with these podcasts and the podcast people they may have not the formal ability to get an internship, but they should be using, you know, that information to try and, you know, move into sort of formal stuff. So what's the podcast? Is it Age Like Milk? Uh, yeah. The, the <laughs> first one I would say is, is Age Like Milk. Uh, then I think that one's just good for Way like, down you know, below all people. of the other ones, yeah. uh, you know, is, is it's just, it's such an enormous list. Like, but, you know, that's, okay. that's the fun thing, which is you can go into your podcast app and just search the name of someone that you're about to meet. And odds are, They've done an episode or something. I expect there'll be somebody listening to this right now who is like about to meet me two years in the future or whatever, who's listening to this and goes, oh, I know a little bit about Joe now. Um, I listened to one with uh, Laura Lenny today and it was, they just asked a bunch of great questions about her background and her acting and her life. And it was really informative. So when I work with her, I'm like, oh yeah, I know that because of Just word for word, not creepy at all. June 21st that I listened yeah, to. Yeah, def- and definitely mention that. Be like, I've studied you. 
as opposed to just like yeah. bringing yeah. up things that, that people understand. Like for instance, <laughs> you know, if, if I was on with someone from Milwaukee, I might have chosen a, a movie that involved Milwaukee. I might be drinking a Milwaukee mm. beer myself right now. And I might have, oh. you know, PBR over there that I can crack open and, you know, we can all just have a Milwaukee time. Um, but no, in, in fact, it was a total coincidence. I had no idea you're from Milwaukee and I do not <laughs> Cause wow. and I wanted and I wanted to talk about this because one of the first times I hung out with you and another Aussie friend mm. that I met through Paris, uh, Georgie. This was at St. Patrick's Day. Whole place is just sitting at their tables, just hanging out, and then you and Georgie started the whole <laughs> fucking party dancing. And I kept saying it because you two are out dancing for like probably two or three songs by yourself, getting everybody going. Fast forward like 15 minutes, the whole bar is up by the stage, Losing it. getting after it. Yeah, so like I, so I, I know like, what I'm good I was for. Like, okay, and then and then they'll be exactly. looking around. They'll have to do like a, a bar crawl on St. Patrick's Day next year to find me. I'll be at I'll be Let's at one of them. I'm sure. I'm sure of it. It's I'm sure. I mean, we love a St. Patty's Day. But speaking of this film, we should actually dive into it because that is why we are we here. We should speak of this film. Yeah. We should speak of this film. So I think, you know, yeah, this film. So right off the bat, 1990s, always a bit worrisome, right? Like, is there going to be something super offensive in the film? Uh, did anything stand out to you, Joe, on this rewatch? I mean, there are a couple things where I was a little like, oh, yikes. Uh, I'm not sure about that. I think I mean, a big part of it is just kind of like the the juvenility of it all. I mean, the you know, I think I think it is right to say that like the you know the sports leagues all have these you know, cheerleaders who are uh, you know out there doing these like formal dances, and it's very sought after, and it's a very you know competitive world. If anyone's seen you know cheer or anything on Netflix, it's a very competitive world. But like. The sexualized cheerleaders and the gratuitous <laughs> shots of it just felt so dated. And I, you know, I, I don't remember it being a, as gratuitous as it was. I think as well because they're often themed with the, the the specific team. So there's a certain amount of that. But like that that stuff really seemed like, oh gosh, like we don't need that. But and these these women could for be this like this kind of movie. Yeah, but don't you think because of this movie that that's what they're going for because they're making fun of. Well, that's the thing. It's it's like oh, we're, world, we're, so we're it's... doing it, but in a funny way. And it's like, yeah, but you're still like really holding on those butt shots. Like it's really, it's <laughs> it, you know, it was just like lingered a little long, and like oh, you know, okay. it's definitely meant to be part of it. That like they're doing that. The yeah. the other thing that kind of stood out was, I mean, how I guess the the stereotypes of the cities are just wild and there's ones that san francisco the san francisco fairies, the fairies which is a a little funny joke just a little gag in there it's about the san francisco yeah. fairies but obviously it's a play on fairies and it's a very gay yeah. team and there are and men dancing the as the cheerleaders har 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 <laughs> the psych outs they pull a uh, squeaks butt out yeah and it's like come on that's not a gay joke an australian joke right and i felt, <laughs> I felt a, very sane yeah what it um, yeah. But no, I, I think stuff like that, I was like, well, this is not handled particularly tactfully, but it's an, Aus uh -huh. it's an Australian joke. I will say this, though. Oh, I God. I am the first person to call out like the super sexualization and the, you know, the taking advantage and stuff. But I felt like they were almost like dunking on 
like the cheerleading world. So it kind of felt like we were all in the gag together. But I agree with you. Like some of the butt shots, I was like, okay, guys. Yeah. I mean, I think it's it's more things like the, you know, like the Miami dealers and it's just like the yes. only non-white people in the entire movie are just like on yeah. that team dealing drugs. And it's like, okay, yeah, uh, Miami there's the Italian, not a bad the Italian team. thing inherently. But when you, when you have no diversity in the entire movie, yeah. But you just have these like yeah, stereotypes from these cities. It was like it's more, it's more making fun of the cities, I guess, and like the Jersey informants yeah. and and all that kind of stuff. But um, no, that that felt a little like I don't know. I, I think they'd probably make different choices. The Roswell Aliens is a perfect example of like that doesn't offend anyone, <laughs> and you get really weird cheerleaders, See, and there's I like a know. really fun theming to their like stadium. Things like that. I'm like, that's I fine. don't know if they would make different choices. I feel like when <laughs> I feel like these guys just stand by their like offensiveness, you know, like look at South Park. They really push the envelope oh, every single time. They still do that stuff. Yeah. And so. with the accents that they do. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's for the movie, it was uh, the Atlanta Plantations, Oof. Baltimore Burners, Boston Mobsters, Buffalo Bums, Charlotte Biscuits, Dallas Felons. Denver Cavemen, Detroit Lemons. What? There's um, bad cars, yeah. Yeah. There's a, yeah. There's a, yeah. And then there's the LA riots. Cool. Like, it's just, LA it's riots. Incredibly, yeah. like, it's, it's kind of like word association with the cities. <laughs> like, they just like, and sometimes it's a city, sometimes it's a state. They're just sort of generally speaking, like, what could these things be? Um, and yeah, I don't, I don't think that, like, it, it's so funny because as well, what's interesting about this is there's, there's Matt and Trey who are still making South Park and still sort of, you know, being, you know, puerile and, and sort of lowest common denominator about things, but in service of, you know, a, ideally like a higher cause or, or a bigger message. And then there's David Zucker, who's kind of, who kind of became like a right-wing crank. Like he became like really, he kind of went off the reservation a little bit. And I, there you go, there's a loaded term. But like he, he genuinely just like got a little high on his own supply and started making like, really hacky kind of um, uh, right-wing stuff. Like he did a movie that was like a parody of Michael Moore's stuff. And, you know, he's just like, ah, the libs, you know, the libs suck. And now I think like he, you know, made a video for like Mitt Romney. And and then I, I think we haven't really heard much from him, but I, I expect he's sort of stayed off the deep end. So there's like his influence and Trey and Matt, like, you know, th- they have control over everything else they do. And then this one kind of has this guy who, clearly later in yeah. life revealed a bit of like a kind of a, a mean streak i guess because so. he's he's also he's also from milwaukee um david zucker oh right that makes and, sense and yeah but i read too that chris farley turned this movie down and that's why it got mm. in the hands of uh trey and matt so that's a totally different movie of chris chris farley's in it i still yeah. think it would have been funny I think it would be great. It's, it's, I don't know. I think there's something about the train Matt where I'm not surprised, like you said before, that they had an influence on it moving from when they sort of attached themselves. They got to sort of change mm-hmm. things, like bring their friend in and, and just the sensibility, I think, feels very similar to them, but, but I not think they exact. just, to me as creators, they just never take themselves too seriously, right? So, I mean, there's a scene in this movie where it sort of builds to this romantic crescendo and it is like very, you're like, wow, if this was a guy and a girl in like a romantic scene, they would kiss. And then Trey and Matt do like have this intense makeout session. Yeah. And I get, I just feel like, it, you know, everything we know about them, like they just seem like comedy guys who just don't take themselves seriously at all. And I think that f- plays throughout this film, like making fun of sports and making fun of, 
cheerleaders and making fun of the owners and making fun of like the rich wife because Jenny McCarthy plays this like you know widower and she was like it was the best three months of my life like <laughs> yeah you know. and all, all those jokes with um nailing the carpet or whatever and um buffing the floors or waxing the floors getting the cr- sucking the chrome off yeah the trailer hitch <laughs> right those are <laughs> yeah it was a great running <laughs> motif like they didn't always yeah do the setup but the punchlines of it of that joke kept coming mm-hmm. where like he was clearly trying to euphemistically sleep with her and she just <laughs> didn't get it <laughs> which which i you know is is one of those times where like they shied away from the sex joke i guess like it mm-hmm. it kind of went in a different direction which i i, I thought was but it was, was funnier fun. because of that you know oh, like they totally. were using mm-hmm. like I, yeah if you polish my knob and then she was like polishing the doorknobs you know it's like yeah yeah. yeah, but I mean, I will say, so the things we always talk about on this podcast mm-hmm. are like the representation of women, which obviously in this film, we do have one main character who's a woman, but she's not really like, uh, it's, it's what's Yasmin Bleeth playing Jenna Reed. She's kind of still the love interest. I would argue that mm-hmm. she still kind of is a prop in this film. Absolutely. Like she doesn't really have she's, her. She has almost journey. no personality mm-hmm. except to kind of like be more moral Hot. than the guys. And, yeah. yeah. And then there's Jenny McCarthy's character, Yvette Denslow, who's just kind of like this hoppy ex-wife, you know, gold digger type. Um, So, I mean, that definitely stuck out to me. I think it's not the worst that we've seen, but it definitely, you know, those female characters did not have a journey arc. Yeah. And then there, of course, the cheerleaders that you loved Paris and you actually wanted more of them, as I I recall. Definitely. That's what I was saying. A few minutes ago, you were just like, oh, could we have the cheerleader spinoff, please? But see, that's what's funny yeah, go ahead, David. I was just going to ask you, Paris, the woman portrayal in this compared to um, Team America World Police. <laughs> oh. Have you guys covered that one? Right, we haven't we done did. that. Oh, we uh, did. What, what, yeah, we I, did. Yeah, I know. My brain yeah. for a second. I was like, um, wait. Yeah, so that's a Trey, uh, Trey Parker, Matt Stone movie. So this, to me, is those similar jokes and yeah. just that that's their brand. And I love that movie. And it... So I I didn't feel like even the like the fairy stuff I didn't think was super offensive. Yeah. Right. Where other movies we've talked in the past couple of weeks, it's like, dude, you really didn't need to use that word to for that to get that joke across. Yeah. It's just it feels different to me. Well, I will say the first thing I wrote down, I was as I was glancing at my notes, which I very rarely consult during these things. <laughs> I don't even know why I take them, but. The opening scene when they're in that girl's house and they're like sniffing her underwear and licking her vibrator and <laughs> yeah. and then it turns out it's the mom. I'm like, that was for me. I was like, Ugh. you know, a little gross. That was hilarious because uh, Matt Stone, they get caught and he, instead of like backing off it, he goes harder on the, <laughs> on the dildo. <laughs> like he's like, oh shit, because he wants to get more licks in. Yeah. Oh, yeah. This, is, this is, I mean, you know, the first like thing that the character really does is like drinking out of a bidet which i didn't get at the time because yeah. i didn't know yeah. what a bidet was when i first watched this movie Same. um and you know like they're they wash out they're losers like it's yeah but yeah, it's but definitely gross, incredibly gross, gross, gross to start i mean the sniffing the underwear <laughs> thing and then it turns out it's the mum's room and then it's like these giant panties like, yeah, like oh he like yeah. unfolds a parachute yeah yeah i was just like okay <laughs> so this was 90s humor and it's all coming back to me yeah. now yeah know? it's fun it's it's um, very like teen sex comedy yeah like american pie style thing to do awkward cringe yeah sexually repressed yeah. comedy or something and when yeah. they kind of it's get out of that space and they have they, they get into sort of you know I can't, I can't believe yeah. how long it took for them to get there. Like, 
They show, you know, the first time they invent it and then them working on it and then like it being successful and then they go to the present day. Like they really build it up, which I I don't remember. Well, we always talk about this. I think movies now in 2022, they want you to get to the action so much quicker. And whereas like, you know, in previous decades, it was okay that it took like 30, 40 minutes to get to like the second part of the film. It's just a different thing that people want i think it's because of streaming culture and the eyeballs and people like not being invested and when we talked about this yeah. with um bernardo cubria yeah it's just like it's just d- interesting to see like yeah because when you watch it now you're like fuck it took a really long time to get into the meat of the story you know well, it was really- do you think it's different for both of you between a comedy and a drama or a comedy and an action movie that you got to get to that action and something going on because with comedy if you're coming out of the gate shooting with the bidet joke the dildo um you know they're talking about fucking that dude's daughter as he opens the door (laughs) like uh, there's it's just riddled with jokes to start with so for me that keeps my attention that whole time yeah i think comedy is different i think comedy is allowed to take its time a little bit um i'm just saying I mean, I don't know, Joe. I think nowadays people would probably be like, let's cut the first 20 pages, right? Oh, yeah. I think they'd want to just like, that. they'd frame it as a positive of like, let's just like get to the action quicker. Um, but you're right. I mean, you know, the the jokes per minute, so to speak, of this mm-hmm. of this movie is, is really high, like throughout the whole thing. Um, you know, it has moments where it's a little slower, but like you said, even the sort of the big dramatic moment is is crescendoed with like a kiss between these two characters that's really never mentioned there's no romantic engagement no. there's just like it's a big just kiss making for fun it. of it's just making fun They're of the cliches. Yeah. yeah i mean i think it's it's yeah. the mentality in in sort of things like uh you know other david zuck movies like airplane and so on that every moment has to have a joke and if you do have to have exposition in any way you know couch it in so many jokes that that people don't notice you know give like you know not like the spoonful of sugar just give like you know drown them in sugar Rain and they won't even notice bitches. that you're you're teaching them the rules of a of a game that they've they've never heard of before and some of these movies like this that do well the first watch you go back to it and you start catching jokes like you said because they're dump it's a dump truck of sugar and you're catching things that you didn't realize maybe the first second third time you watched it and you see it a different way. That's kind of, if a good movie's done like that, where there's so many jokes per minute, um, I, I think those hold up a lot better because people can watch those and pull different jokes as they watch it the second, third time. Yeah. No, I think there's, uh, I, I think that is very true of this to the point where like I'm watching mm-hmm. this time and I'm sure just based on, you know, the fact that I'm not, what, like 10 years old or something watching it for the first time, that I I definitely picked up on more jokes and and again, I was also appreciative of weird little things this time. You know, there's the big things like wow, they really got a huge audience for that those scenes. And I'm sure they must have shot them out in like one or two days and redressed they the set like to be stadium. like the Roswell yeah. one and, and done all that. So there was things I was impressed with with that. But also, you know, so much of movies is like oh they like improvised on the day or whatever. You know, there's this culture of like. God, the actors are amazing. They improvised this. You know, we're always talking about the things that were improvised. But there are so many sight gags and and fun visual things that require like so much meticulous planning and so much work. There's, there's a tiny one where like, and I, I do remember this from watching it back in the day, but like the the beer's mascot is just a giant keg and it's smiling yeah. mm-hmm. and, it, and, and you, it, you and walk it past pe- it. Uh, it pees out of its spout. It pees it out of its spout, out of which is great. Out. That's a great sight gag. 
And then at one point, you've got this long shot where a character goes from the bench to shoot and then back. And I think it's, it's Rima. And he goes from the bench, walks past the beers thing, and it's really smiling. And as he walks back, the mascot's like smile is rotated to be sad. And it's just, <laughs> it's just a tiny little side gag. But you know they must have like put yeah. effort into that to really to really do exactly. that. Exactly, all that detail. Yeah, and it's yeah. tiny things where like that that could have been day off. You know, they like they're throwing squeak around behind the whole scene, and that must have been harnessed and stunt coordinator and stunt double and like mm-hmm. choreographed meticulously. So it's it's putting an insane mm. amount of effort into tiny little side gags that could go unnoticed. That feels a lot like. Um, the sort of the David Zucker movies like Airplane and yeah. Naked Gun and, and Police Squad, it's the a, show and stuff. It's a lot of it's a lot of things stacked on top of each other that you may or may not notice, and then that's why rewatching it, you're like, holy shit! I mean, I saw it for the first mm-hmm. time, so I, yeah. There's I'll, there's I'll, the tiniest thing that really amuses me, which is at one point Coop is so drunk and he's rounding the bases and he smashes through like the stadium is set up like a garage so there's the garage door in, in every stadium and he smashes through the garage door and then you get this shot and you see him smash through it and you see there's like garage stuff in there yeah, <laughs> like there's, there's like like, like an oil yeah. can or whatever like yeah, yeah. That, that's just a tiny <laughs> thing and it could be a thing where because you could day, be lazy said, well, get me some stuff that would be in a garage because we're going to see through it and be funny yeah. But I'm also just so appreciative of the fact that they went to that effort because it's like how insane is this that they made it look like a driveway and they the, the the garages are filled with actual garage <laughs> shit. It's so mm-hmm. small and so fun it is and the kind of thing genius. I really enjoy in a movie like this. So I, you know, power to them. Well, like, we right. talked a little bit about, um, so we usually talk about the diversity as well. And I, apart from, yeah, one team, this was definitely basically centered around three white dude friends. Um did I miss any diversity? I know there was a couple of people on the BS team, but they didn't have any lines. Yeah, they never uh, seemed to play. A couple of couple of those guys on the Beers team were actually from a friend group oh. of the people. Like I think this was actual game. Yeah, David Zucker actually created this with his friends. Oh no way! Literally played in their driveway at home. Many of the reappearing teammates are friends of Zucker and actually original players of the Zucker driveway game asked to be in the movie to pay homage to the, to the origin. I mean, is it potentially so. worse that David Zucker seems to have a very diverse group of friends and then when when the time comes to make a movie, he makes a movie with exclusively white people? Yeah. Well, I think he just I, picks I think the people. One at the, that he it was, was a high school party like I went to. I saw one black guy uh, at the high school party. <laughs> well, see, if we'd done another yeah. team movie, we'd get like into high school that whole to. thing. It's really you know that's in there not another teen movies up there for me as well yeah that's another one of my favorites once we do a few more of the movies that it references we'll have to do it because it's a great send-off but yeah i i love that that easter egg i didn't know that david about the friends and it makes me think like when i make a movie i'd love to have little you know sight gags for myself because nobody would fucking know that except the people that knew him. you hear what she's and doing that's the kind of mindset she's trying to get that... us to commit right now to being in her movie <laughs> yes we'll do oh, it for scale would, all right paris i would have, I would have lines um, you'll do it for pizza and you'll be grateful I'll, yeah just kidding yeah, moving i'll do it for free <laughs> but, uh, but i'll but i'll have lines um <laughs> but that paris like that's the kind of mindset like sometimes i make jokes to my girlfriend and it's, i'm just laughing and she's like you literally just do it for you, don't you? Sometimes I'm like, yes, like just to make my <laughs> make myself laugh. So I love that that you'd say you'd put stuff in a movie just to just so like you know. Yeah. And that's, well, that's I mean, hilarious. like, well, we know, like, 
making a movie is not an easy thing. I mean, making anything in this business is not easy. Even the podcast, like, you know, takes hours mm. of our week each week. And I think Cut out to all have the swearing or the, yeah, you know. got to put extra swearing in. So <laughs> yeah. Really Are you guys ever going to cover your first episode of age like milk and figure out if you guys age like milk? Oh, for sure. Okay, good. We'll do that it. would be very meta. Is that the, that the, yeah. the hundredth episode special? I tried to get yeah, on 100 just, and, uh, and, and Paris told me, no, there's something really would big planned. Be, so let me, let me build the hype it for it. Is she's all that? <laughs> she's all that is our first episode. That? Yes. Yeah. Absolutely. Which is uh, the main movie that they took for not another team movie. I'm telling mm-hmm. you, it's fate. It's not another team one, movie yeah. is your destiny. Well, yeah. I wanted to keep talking a little bit more about this film because <laughs> I keep We're bringing us back the next to one. it. All right, why? episode two starts why? now. We established Welcome this everyone. hilarious. I, well, yeah. I have a question for you guys. That's why. Mm-hmm. Because I want to know if you guys ever created a game with your friends when you were a kid where you're like, fuck, this could be, it could be a, a like a physical game or a like a mashup of like childhood games. Did either of you have one? David? I got a, I got a couple. Okay. Let's First one, we did this back in West Dallas in Milwaukee and we were just bored one day. So it was my brother, sorry, my roommate's sister and her husband were in town. Bunch of us just hanging out at the house. I had like four roommates at the time and we all put like a couple different ideas on paper and threw them in a hat. Whatever came out of that hat, we would go immediately to do that. And for like the whole day, I think we did like four activities out of that hat. We went and played like putt-putt. We went to a bar in Milwaukee. We went out to Waukesha and got like a root beer float. And that was that was pretty fun. And then the other one we had, we played like, um, like golf kind of indoors. Someone would go put like a red solo cup somewhere. Everybody would have ping pong balls with numbers on them. Um, and you would have to throw it to like one spot and it would sit there. And then you could walk over to that spot, pick it up, throw it to the next spot. Loser, and that was the hole, right? Love this. Loser, loser of that hole had to take a shot. And then um, the winner of that hole got to move the cup to another part of the house to make the, the next hole. Yeah. So, I mean, that's so a I feel very like, beer golf it, type thing. But I was going to say, yeah. is this? Yeah, is it, yes, it was like beer golf. I feel like you love a good game, but it's usually drinking related. You know what I mean? Not saying that well, this... being from Milwaukee, mm-hmm. yes. Home of beers. Yeah, home of beers. W's. Joe, did you have anything like that that you guys created when you were kids? Um, I mean, you know, obviously our favorite game was completely memorizing and performing basketball to each other. Yes. Um, that was a big one. And <laughs> of then um, beyond that, no, you know, I don't, I don't think that... I, ever really did it i mean you know australia's got such a sporting culture generally that you know if you if you need to sort of create your own sport you're it's it's somehow because you're between cricket and footy i was gonna say and, we've already and hockey practice we've already got on. a made-up game it's called cricket and yeah <laughs> i don't want to hear anything about the nonsense rules because it makes perfect sense if you study them yeah i mean it's it's so funny that like we, you, <laughs> you know take a two-year course me and some some other australian mates of mine are sitting down and watching basketball which is based on two sports that really nobody plays in australia yeah. um and and yet i was sort of you know expected to be like oh it's it's basketball with baseball rules and i'm like i don't understand any of this this makes no sense to me whatsoever who is reggie jackson who is this yeah, guy driving I didn't a know car what is this no idea. guy on the missing missing person thing like I, there are so many references that are like so Americanized, completely alien to me. But yeah. I think I just I just loved it all the same. Um, but no, I don't think I ever really created a game. Um, I now wish I had because obviously it's fodder for for a big movie. Yeah, 
I am uh, one of three children and, you know, we moved around a lot. I had friends, but I, I remember spending a lot of time. <laughs> well, you have to preemptively say, like, I, I had friends. No, I, I, it's all right, but Paris, I re- we believe you. Well, I just remember spending a lot of time, just the three of us. And I remember playing, like, some kind of, like, tag, hide-and-seek hybrid. I don't know. My brother listens to the podcast. I'll have to see if he remembers it. Maybe I played it with some, like, little friends. But, I mean, you know, I had two younger brothers. And most of the games involved, like, punching or, like, physical harm plus whatever game, you know, we were playing. Uh, so, you know, or if you saw like a car on the street, you know, and you do like punch buggy, no returns. It was like that, but constantly, you know, just like fucking with each other's shit in the house. So definitely not <laughs> anything that I would turn into a game that would now have like a franchise, you know, just mm-hmm. just basic sibling bullshit. So, I mean, if it's violent, it could be a, a sports fan franchise right do you think people are playing basketball oh sorry no i mean i just wonder if anyone took this sport and sort of thought this would be fun to actually play like if they set it up in their driveway and played it with friends i think we should actually do this we should get a bunch of uh, people together find a park with a basketball hoop and then just we can buy the bases yeah like the plastic bases i'm still very unclear on the rules to be honest i know they explained them quite a few times so (laughs) yeah it's just like Baseball rules, and are you familiar with baseball rules? Yeah, like Paris? yeah, yeah. So play like you have innings, mm-hmm. you have uh, out three, you have outs and innings, and it's just wherever you shoot from is like a hit. So mm-hmm. if you shoot from the freezer line, that's a single. I think uh, top of the key, that's a double. Top top of the key, that's a double. And, uh, yeah, uh, home runs behind the meatballs. Behind the meatballs, exactly. And then they're, obviously they're coming up with it as they go. Um, the only thing I would think if we did this with a friend group is like when you psych someone out, it can't be personal. Nothing could touch touch the other person. You don't want oh, people that. shooting milk out of their nipples at each other. That doesn't work for you. No, I'm definitely gonna post post that video for super gross when this and comes up. Unnecessary. Yeah. The other thing I th- I thought you were gonna say <laughs> the, the reason like oh, I don't think this will work is because baseball is so long, like nine mm. innings, mm. like, oh, especially if, you know. They kind of make fun of that in the movie when they're talking about the playoffs. Oh, yeah. And they're like, <laughs> the this team from the Eastern circuit. Western League, if they lose by two, they would play the winner from the Eastern Northern team unless they tie. Yeah. And it's just like, what? And they will, yeah. they'll have a, you know, a two-man sack race on consecutive Sundays until a <laughs> yeah. winner is declared. I'm Sunday. telling you, I know yeah. this movie so well yeah. that I was like That's saying hilarious. that. Like the consecutive Sundays <laughs> part, it, was, it just is burning That's my so brain. so funny. Um. I wanted to bring up one last thing before we jump into giving shout outs and stuff. There is a scene in this film and it's very, very subtle and it takes place in a locker room. And I, one thing I want to say <laughs> Are you, you going to call that subtle? I, well, I thought it was pretty subtle. Like they don't <laughs> pan it's down. it's all shaft? It's all shaft. But so basically uh, the love interest walks in on the, the dudes in the locker room and only for a split second do you realize that they have massive dongs like hanging all the way to the floor? Third leg, very veiny. And um, side note, Paris, that was her first scene. I saw that. I saw that. (laughs) Day one for her. She's like, fuck, what did I sign up for? And her agent's like, just do it. You need the money. Like, just do it. But yeah, I just thought it was really funny because one thing I will say about this is like for all the dirty jokes, I didn't feel like we got so many dick jokes, which sometimes were like, it's all poop jokes and it's all dick jokes. And these guys made fun of a lot of things, but I thought that was really subtle. The fact that they just had these massive penises hanging down to the floor. And then from behind, 
you don't really see it. And then I forget what he does. He like moves. I, cause I didn't catch it and I had to rewind it and be like, well, yeah, she fuck? moved yeah. a little bit what? and she was doing like some Freudian slips. Yeah. Uh, and this Coop is facing away. And as he turns back, there's like, like a clonks. Uh, yeah. It sort of like flies into the air. It sort of narrowly misses her. <laughs> it's, it's just a very quick moment, but very silly. All right. Well, it is that time where we do have <laughs> be real. Um, we have to give someone a shout out from the Castor crew. I am going to go first today and I am going to shout out Jackie Dobby. She was in the makeup department for this. I don't know if she was solely responsible for the dicks or if that was uh, CGI, but I still appreciate the makeup. I don't, I don't think it was CGI. That's real. That's all real, baby. That's all me. Um, <laughs> that's why they, you know, don't do, they do more like voices because their dicks are just so big. It's actually like kind of a problem. But anyway, uh, Jackie Dobby, she has worked on things like Physical, which is a great show on Apple, Single Parents, Pivoting, uh, what else? Vo- the Voice, Nora from Queens. Uh, she's done a lot of cool shit and you know, makeup department is a very important part of this of this thing. So, Jackie, we see you and we appreciate you. See you and we appreciate you, Jackie. Oh, is that like a call and response? Yeah. Like, we see uh, you and appreciate you. It's exactly. Yes. Which you would know if you had listened to this podcast. I, oh, I <laughs> didn't make it all the way through any of them. But I listened, to a, I listened to a bunch of them part way. Got it. There's a lot Got of I listened, lot to, of I listened to the intro mm-hmm. on five of them. Mm-hmm. Oh, red to fill. Hey, we'll we'll take the, the listeners. Yeah. Hopefully that registers. Yeah. Well, you can just. <laughs> each one. Yeah. Uh, Let them play on silent. Exactly. Joe, who who do you want to do a shout out to? I, I thought it was so funny that uh, I was on the special thanks. And in the special thanks was the band Goldfinger, which is, okay. as I understand it, a ska band. Like the music mm. in this movie is so funny to me. Like Scatman plays. And there's real big, big fish. Real fish who, or real big fish. I mean, my brother was really into ska music, which was it's probably the most obnoxious music for a sibling to be into. I I sort of know of real big fish in the ska world, and I always had an appreciation for it. But yeah, Goldfinger being in the special thanks. I don't think there was a Goldfinger song in the soundtrack, but they get a special thanks. So maybe they just like made a, a helpful well, introduction to real big fish or yeah. something. But I want to well, shout out Goldfinger. Inspos. Yeah, let's do it. Let's say we see you and we appreciate you. David, who you got (laughs) as your shout out? I want to go with uh, Karen Davis. Costume and wardrobe. Why? Because as we were talking about it earlier, as Joe was saying, like all the little details throughout this movie, all the jerseys were awesome. Just all, you know, like in the stands, they're... um, the chairs that they had that they were sitting in while playing, all those little details were just fantastic. So I was actually looking up beers, jerseys um, at, after I watched this. That to would see, be like, a how, great show to have. They the, are. Us three should get some and then we can be like, so, it's a little in-joke from our episode. Yeah, perfect. And go out, go out drinking one night. So yeah, Karen M. Davis, she was on Batman and Robin, The Rocketeer, um, Honey, I Blew Up the Kid. Just some some big hitters from Honey, I blew up my, the kids. Like that is a my that, childhood. We should check that. Yeah, we haven't. Seen yeah, that. that would be a great one to do. Yeah. So yeah, Karen M. Davis, we see you and we appreciate we you. See you and we appreciate you. All right, this is the part of the podcast where we have to decide if a film has aged like milk, uh, aka gone bad in the mind for it to be a mind, or if it's you know stayed fresh. I will go first again because I never go first, mm-hmm. and there's you not don't. a lot. Of, there's not a lot of ladies in this film, so I feel nah. like I gotta take you know take my you power back. Go. I am going to say controversial, 
But I'm going to say this film has actually held up very well, I would say. I know, David shook. (laughs) I will say, I mean, David, think about it. There wasn't really an overt use of like bad terminology towards people. Uh, Although the the female characters were not fleshed out, I felt like all of the jokes, we always talk about on this podcast, punching down. And I felt like in this movie, Trey and Matt and everybody involved in the film was kind of like with us in on the joke. Like, oh, isn't Major League basketball or baseball or basketball just kind of stupid (laughs) and all these things are kind of stupid and like, you know, owners are stupid and chasing the money is bad. So yeah, I think it aged like milk straight from Trey's nipple. Is that Trey that mm. shot his nipple? I believe out? it's Matt. Yeah. That's Reamer. Matt. Fuck. Okay. I'm getting them mixed up. But yeah. So, you know, nice and still pretty fresh from the source. I mean, obviously some things have gone bad, but pretty, pretty good. And definitely for a 90s movie, I was expecting it to be a lot worse, which probably says more about me than this actual film. I was just like waiting for it to be offensive. And it wasn't that offensive so we're good okay joe what do you think i was expecting to be very cringe sort of about it that i would be like oh young me what were you doing but i'm 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 a little proud i think i think young joe aged like wine and that you know i think this movie was as you said you know it wasn't punching down too much and and i think for the most part has held up like a lot of it's very silly and again sort of juvenile but it's probably about as good as it was when it came out. So I don't think there's there's too much that has gotten worse over time. It aged flat. It, it sort of, it's, yeah. it stayed the same, I would say. So you say that it aged like what? Uh, Fine wine? I would say it aged age flat. It's, it's cryogenically frozen milk that has been defrosted okay. for your enjoyment now. And it tastes awesome pretty much the same as it milk. did, which was like not great, but like, okay. Okay. All right. All right. I fucked with that. Yeah, I fucked All right. with that. So Paris, I wasn't giving, I was just being funny with those faces. Oh. I actually wasn't surprised that you that you said that because mm. I too, I too am in agreement with you. To me, this is like a six pack of Miller Lite that one of my friend's dads forgot in the basement from <laughs> 10, 15 years ago. And then me and my buddies found it one night. We're like, hey, let's, let's just throw this in the freezer for 10 minutes and drink this. And it tasted pretty much the same, that Miller Lite from when I, you know, remembered. So I say that this movie did not age poorly and that I was still geeking out pretty much at all the same (laughs) jokes. Maybe my sense of humor really hasn't changed um, (laughs) since I was was younger. But yeah, I didn't didn't think anything was like offensive or um, Paris and I, we talk about like, if I'm watching this movie with a friend from like a different community or different background, do I gotta be like, oh shit, is that person okay that that was just said? Like none of that was going off in my head at all throughout this movie. Um, love this kind of comedy. Uh, Trey and Matt, I think are hilarious. I watched South Park. I think they progressed over the years with their writing and being able to take something that happened three days prior and putting it into an episode is really hard to do. And yeah, I like all the detail that went into this movie and I, I think it held up. You. Brilliant. That's uh, a yeah, yeah. good proclamation. Well, yes, Joe, thank you so much for joining us on the podcast. A pleasure. We love to have you. This is a great movie. I'm glad I watched it. I feel like now I'm going to go on a David Zucker kick uh, pre-QAnon or whatever yeah. things he's into now. But for now, David, you should just go ahead and check your fridge. And make sure that milk ain't spoiled. Gross milk is gross. That's the show. Thanks for being a part of it, everybody. And we will see you next time.